0: let's say our bible verse for this coming week it's one we've dealt with before but uh, we're going to catch it again it has to do with saving faith it is romans 10:13 let's say this together for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved romans 10:13 all right if our ushers would come at this time we will receive our tithes and offering
1: While we are receiving the offering here in our service, let me share a great need, your prayers. Please pray with us that God would use and bless the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. This program is a ministry of Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland. If the Lord would lay on your heart to donate to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour, we will provide our contact information at the end of this program. We will now return to the service.
0: It is a wonderful and a joyful thing to be a father. And there's uh, just a lot of interesting things that happen along the uh, journey of life as a father. Uh, With four children, we always heard some interesting things out of our kids. I remember one time we were traveling down the road. And all of a sudden, our son, who has always been the master of slaughtering words... We were driving along, and we passed this building, and he says, Dad, what's a hysterical building with many antiques?" And we're thinking, what? We turned around. It's a historical building with many antiques. And I wish we'd have wrote them all down. I mean, it would be one, one hoot after another. Then the grandkids, they add onto that list. Uh, one of our grandkids was debating whether to take a shower that evening or not. The mom says, oh, you can wait till morning. And the grandchild says, oh, I don't want to do it in the morning and ruin the whole day. <laughs> So, uh, yes, they, they do come up with some very interesting things. And uh, the list could go on, and I'm sure you could add to that list as well. Uh, being a father is more than siring a child. It's providing protection. It's raising them. It's nourishing Nourishing them. Maybe that's where he got his slaughtering of the English words. And nourishing and nurturing them and uh, disciplining them and helping them to grow and to prepare and equip another generation in the Lord. It is interesting that God has placed a great importance and a very great responsibility upon the position of fatherhood. It is a position of leadership. It is a position of direction. It is a position of being a godly example. Um, Other interesting things about what God has done. God has revealed himself as our heavenly father. And yes, it is heavenly father. In spite of all of the gender uh, assassination of what they're doing today, he has revealed himself as a heavenly father. Also, The very first mention of love in the Bible is a father's love for his son, and that is Abraham in regards to Isaac in the book of Genesis. The greater the Bible influences the whole and the culture, the greater impact dad and, yes, mom can have, not only upon your own family, but upon your community, and upon our culture at large. I find it a real tragedy in our country since 1960. We have seen the demise and an attack upon manliness. You know what, men? Be a man. There's nothing wrong with being a man. I realize the evil society is attacking it and trying to destroy it. Now, I'm not saying be an ogre be abusive, be mean, that's not real manliness, but be a man. And don't apologize for it. Teach your children, your grandchildren, or your, your sons and your grandsons to be a man. And what it's like to be a man. They have tried to feminize our boys, give role reversal, and all of that. Our children need to know what a man ought to really be like. Now, one of the ironic things is that some of the world, even in the psychology and all of that realm, when they're dealing with the problems of our society, they're secularist. They really don't like the Bible. But many of them have admitted that when you have the nuclear family, a father and a mother in a monogamous relationship in a stable marriage relationship, It is far better for the children growing up. They've discovered that. That it's not as hard on the kids. Uh, God had that figured out to start with. And that was his plan. I want to consider this morning, what do children most need from a father? Now, whether the kids are still in the house or they've grown, you have grandkids, great-grandkids this is something that they need from you as fathers now I'm not minimizing the role of mother You had your Sunday here just a few weeks ago. Today's it's for the men, and and the women might be the ones saying amen today. I don't know. But uh, today it is for the men that I'm addressing these great important truths that uh, we need. It is interesting also, they have asked children, school-aged children, not church kids, just school-aged children out there at large, what are some of the things they wish they had in their parents? Many times their answer would be the directives of the Bible, whether they know anything of the Bible or not. They wish their parents just really loved them. They wish their parents would actually discipline them, cared enough to discipline and be involved in their lives in this. And so I find that interesting as well. Well, take your Bibles if you would. Open to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. I'm going to read from Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Then we will jump back to Genesis chapter 18, if you'd like to find that as well. And I'll be reading both of these passages as we uh, look to see God's direction and what every child needs according to the Lord and according to the Bible what every child needs from a father if you're able to stand let's stand for the reading of God's word Ephesians chapter 6 and I'm going to read just verse 4 and you're always welcome when I just pick out a verse let me instruct you with this you are always welcome to go back and read the whole context To make sure what I am saying really fits the context of the passage. So many times preachers are taking a verse and it has nothing to do with the context. I encourage my people to keep me on my feet in my preaching to make sure what I'm preaching really fits the context. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now turn back to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. And here's what God was saying about Abraham in the call of Abraham to be the head of the Israeli nation at that time. The beginning, the founding father of it. In Genesis 18, beginning with verse 18, the Lord said... Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. And then it continues from there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, and uh, we thank you for giving us the Bible, the Word of God, your instructions of how to live, where we have come from, what we have to look forward for, and most importantly, about your salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, Father, I pray that as we study these verses and consider these great truths, Lord, that every father here would be encouraged, would be strengthened, would be challenged. If there is one man here or a lady that is without Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be that day that they would put their faith in Jesus Christ. I pray for the young boys that, that will aspire and someday become young men and, and young husbands and, and fathers. Let them begin with determination right now to live life God's way, and plan according to God's will. I pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated. I believe the first thing that every child needs from a father is they need a father who's saved and willing to walk righteously with God. Open, turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. This was written by Solomon, and, and even after he had gone through many things in his life that he should not have, and, and learned some pretty tough lessons along that journey. Here's something that he con- concluded that this is what life is all about. In Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. He concludes with this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment. For this is the whole duty of man. Many people have the passage uh, by uh, Joshua, uh, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they have that as a plaque upon their house. Here's a couple of verses that ought to be added to that. Because then, verse 14, For God shall bring every work into judgment, <coughs> and every secret thing, whether it is good or whether it be for evil. But in verse 13, To fear God and keep his commandments, this is the whole duty of man. This is our greatest work here on this earth while we have life within our our breath and able to live and and do. (coughs) Excuse me, the allergies have gone from here down to my chest. And so I'm struggling with that this morning. But uh, this is our whole duty in all of our life. There's a lot of men that are great at teaching their kids how to make money. There's a lot of men who are, and that's important, how to be wise financial stewards. There's a lot of men that can teach their kids and take their kids hunting and fishing. That's fine. I enjoy hunting. I enjoy fishing. When it comes to fishing, I would enjoy catching more than fishing. But those are fine things to do. And we could go on, and there are some that are just bent on teaching their kids in sports, whether it be softball, baseball, uh, football, basketball, golf, or whatever it is, That is. They'll just spend hours and hours making sure their child is very good at this. But the number one thing that every child needs is a father that's saved and walking right with God. That's the whole duty. These other things just kind of put a little uh, fun or or, uh, add to the life and needed to the life. But this is number one. Knowing and understanding what it means to be saved and have a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to understand that's purpose. Without this understanding, another generation will be misdirected in life. One of the things, I have a clear conscience on this. And I believe my dad has a clear conscience on this. He took me to church. Every time the church doors were open, he took me to church. Took us together as a family. I would understand that he had received Christ as a Savior as a young man. He raised up when he and my mom married... uh, We were very faithful in the things of the Lord. Do you know what? My dad never taught me how to drink. My dad said, if you never take that first sip, you can never become a drunk. And after all of these years, I can say he's right. I never took that first sip. I thank God that I had a dad that taught me that he warned me of of the evils and the not only the the evils of but but the adverse effect of smoking and kept that out of my mouth from from doing right to teaching me to not do wrong and it all was rooted in a biblical principle and godly values and if I, if it were not for my dad today i may be Drunk or dead from drunkenness in a gutter somewhere. But because of the influence and the training of my dad and my mom, I'm praising God for that. He has saved me and spared me a lot of scars. A lot of dads will lead their sons with their daughters in wrong places. One dad had a real wake up call one winter evening. He said goodbye. He lived in downtown area. He said goodbye to his family. He says, I'm going to be out for the night. I'll be back later tonight. It was snowing outside, and and he thought his kids were busy or whatever. He was walking through the snow, headed down to the bar to drink with his buddies for the night. And it wasn't long, and he heard his son hollering after him, wait, Dad, wait, Dad. And he was trying to step in his dad's long footsteps to catch up with him, to go with his dad. And he realized where he was leading his son. And he never went to the tavern again. He says, I'm not going to lead my child down that road. I have a clear conscience that I never led my children down the road to do sin like that. I have a rejoicing in my heart that my father never led me to go down that kind of road I've done I've done everything I can as a father to demonstrate that I am a believer in Christ and let me stop there what does it mean to be a believer in Christ it's not turning over a new leaf or going to church or having some emotional experience the Bible says except a man repent of his sin and put his faith in Jesus Christ he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven you see salvation happens in a moment at a point is when we realize that we are sinners and that God can justly and will justly punish us with an eternity in hell for our sin and we realize that uh, as it says in Ephesians 2 8 and 9 uh, not of works lest any man should boast it is a gift of God that we can't earn it we can't buy it uh, there's nothing we can do of our own to, to acquire our salvation. That the only way we can be born again, that we can have new life in Jesus Christ, is to repent of our sin and put our faith in Jesus Christ. There was a time and point for my father. There was a time and point in my life as a young person, uh, a young adolescent, that I knew I was a sinner. And I ask God to forgive me of my sin, and I put my faith in Jesus Christ. That's exactly what the Bible says. Now, folks, we're living in an era. It's not scary to me personally because I already know the biblical truth, and I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. But there's thousands upon thousands that are being mistaught and misguided. Christendom has really metamorphosed over the last 50 years. And what churches and preachers are trying to say about salvation is not biblical truth. It's how they think it ought to be or how they think they want it to be. Folks, God hasn't changed. And in fact, in the Old Testament in Malachi, it tells us that he cannot lie and our God does not change. We find the same truth in the New Testament, that our God cannot lie, our God cannot change. The way a person, man, woman, or child is saved is the same today as 50 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. That simply has not changed. And I believe these preachers and these religious people that are misleading people are going to stand very uh, severely under the judgment of God for this. <coughs> because they are sending thousands and thousands of people into the pit of hell. And an eternity where there will never be another chance. I do not say this to be stubborn. I do not say this to be mean or unkind. It is, it is the love of God that told us this. And it's the love of God that sent His only begotten Son that died on the cross to pay our sin penalty and then offer, as our verse said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That was the love of God that compelled Him to do that. And so I do not share that out of meanness or honoriness, but rather out of compassion and urgency. And every one of us need to understand that our day is, life is but a vapor that evaporates. And the older you get, the faster life seems to travel. I used to hear my parents talk about that and I thought, oh, these days just can't go fast enough. I wish they'd slow down a little bit. They do go very quick. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the time, because nobody thinks they're gonna have a knows for a fact that you will have another day. Irene passed yesterday. Earlier, uh, before I received the uh, phone call, Merlin was sharing with me that he had visited with the, the son. And, and the report was it, it could be, what, uh, days or maybe just a month or two or whatever. Her health was failing. And then it wasn't much longer. And he called and left a voicemail and said, she's already passed. You see, life can move that quickly. And so every child, I don't care if your child's 50 years old. Every child needs a dad that's saved and can share that gospel with their children. If there's one thing that you need to share with every child is how to be born again and have a peace in your heart to know that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. God doesn't give us a hope so salvation. It is a no so. A certainty and a security. So the first thing every child needs from a dad is a dad who is saved and willing to walk righteously with God. The second thing I believe that every child needs is a father that will give biblical instruction. Our kids are grown. They have their own kids. Uh, my son is now a grandfather. But I still give biblical instruction when I have opportunity. We sat down to breakfast this week. He was out in the area and we had breakfast and was talking on some things. And I gave some biblical instruction. I went back to the Bible and gave some biblical insight into some of the current events and understanding current events. But in Ephesians 6-4 that we read, it talks about nurturing up, teaching and training and guiding them in the things of God. Turn with me back to the Old Testament to Proverbs it's just a a little bit before uh, Ecclesiastes Proverbs chapter 22 and you'll find Proverbs is another one that gives a lot of information about how to raise your children but in Proverbs 22 verse 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it I've, I've heard, I've literally heard parents say uh, of their young children, well, I don't want to teach them anything about God or religion. I want them to grow up and make their own decision. Well, what about math? Are you going to teach them anything about math as they grow up? What about rattlesnakes? Are you going to teach them anything about rattlesnakes, or are you going to just let them go out and play with them and get bit? You know, it's far more to teach them the things about God, or more important to teach them things about God, than anything else. And we are commanded here to train up our children. One of the reasons, uh, both Mrs. Miller and I graduated from government schools. They, they were called public schools, but now they're, I would call them government schools of indoctrination. But, but when we graduated from high school, we were high school sweethearts, and we're still sweethearts. We were high school sweethearts. Uh, I graduated one year, she the next, and then we were married, and we talked a great deal about this. And we were c- committed, even before we married, that when we married and started having a family, they would never go to a school that would tell them that there is no God, and that would always attack our God. It says here, train them up in the way he should go. And you know what? That's not the way they should go. And so we were committed to that. You'll find in Colossians, it says, beware the philosophies of man, lest they ensnare you. I believe another place in, I think it's Proverbs, it says, cease my son to hear the instruction that causeth thee to err we were committed to give our children because and the reason it doesn't make us any better than anybody else is just we understood this is biblical truth and we simply wanted to obey what we believe the Bible was teaching us to do with our children is to train them up in the way of the Lord so that they would have full opportunity to go down that way turn to Deuteronomy with me Deuteronomy chapter 6 Some have called this passage one of the most pivotal passages of the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, I'm going to read several verses here, and I'll begin with verse 3. And understand the setting and the timing that this was given. Uh, This is after Moses had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And there was a great destruction of the Egyptian army as they crossed the water and, and was drowned, and, and they crossed the wilderness, and the law had already been given to them, and now they come up to the point where they're going to go into the promised land, and the ten spies uh, they responded in such a way <coughs> to discourage everybody <coughs> from going into the land. and so they spent forty years in the wilderness. Now, after those 40 years, that generation has died and is off the scene. And a new generation has come back, and now they're ready to go into the promised land. And Moses with Deuteronomy is giving a new writing. Not new information, but rehearsing a lot of the law that had already been given. But he was reviewing it and going over it again with a younger generation. And he said, now this is what you need to do with your families as you move forward. Verse 3, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it. That it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now here's the instructions. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. That word diligently means very aggressively and committed to. Diligently unto thy children. And shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hands. And they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities which thou shalt build and he continues verse 12 then beware lest thou forget the Lord as long as they stayed committed in following and obeying this. God blessed. And the nation continued stronger. But once they turned away from this, things started going downhill. And do you know what? The same has been true for our country. When families would teach another generation biblical truths, It strengthened our nation. Now, our nation has never been perfectly godly. It's always had its own wickedness. But it was a much stronger Christian nation. When families were committed to the things of God, it changes society. Your children need parents that are committed to teaching them biblical truths you see God's word has instruction that touches every aspect of life first of all about eternal destiny and the purpose of life, what it means to be saved, that's one of the most important things that's why I say every child needs their dad to be saved so he can tell them how to be saved and understand how to tell them to be saved the Bible teaches us about what is right and wrong in behavior It is absolute. I hear so much of this. Well, the Bible's so gray about so many things. It really is not. They want to say, well, it's so gray about many things. Somehow to justify the sin, they want to live and practice. The Bible is very definitive about right and wrong. And in things that it doesn't deal with specifically, it always has principles or it always shows an application So that we can know and understand. The Bible teaches about relationships, marriage, the family. Do you know what? If the last two generations, if the majority, if even just all of the Christians of America in the last two to three generations would have been adamantly committed to teaching their children God's plan about the family and about marriage, our country would be different today. I don't expect the world to know any better. I don't expect the lost to know any better. But if there would have been the last two to three generations all across America, people, men, who claim to be Christians, would have taught their children from God's word, God's plan about marriage, God's plan about family, God's plan about the genders. Our country would not be in the mess it is today. Men, you and I can either be a part of the solution moving forward or a part of the problem. I realize one man can't change a whole country. But you can change your influence for God's glory. Relationships about family, relationships about work, relationships within the church. The Bible teaches the workings of a government. One of the discussions I had this week was talking about what we could do in government and what should be governed or legislated and what should not. I said, if you want to know the best way to have a government, go to the Old Testament and see how God set up the government for Israel. I realized there were certain things that were unique for Israel because they were a special people. But when it came to right and wrong, dealing with land, dealing with sin, dealing with crime, dealing with the elderly, dealing with all of these things. Don't you think God knew best how to deal with those? If you don't, I do. And, and I was in that discussion and I said that because one of the things I said, well, you can't always legislate morality. Do you know, that come out of the pit of hell. That came from the devil. If If we don't legislate morality, then you're going to legislate immorality. The Bible teaches us the principles of governing and how to deal with this. And you need to pass it on to your child. It teaches about our responsibilities to God, to each other, to our local church, to land, and to God's whole creation. We need dads that will teach their children biblical truths. Every child needs biblical correction. As parents have left off teaching their children and another generation biblical truth, they've also left off biblical correction. Starting in the 60s, the secularists came out and opposed the Bible in how to correct and deal with things. And look where it's got us today. We have almost a nation of rebels... Now, in saying that, please understand, there are some really good and godly young people. There are some good and godly young adults. You know, every every child needs correction. But it needs to be biblical correction. I want you to look at these verses. And while you're turning back to Proverbs again, I read a statement by... Uh, A Duke of Windsor, uh, probably uh, just a few years ago, but one of the Dukes of Windsor, he once said, everything in America is controlled by switches except their children. And do you know what? How true and how right he has become with where America has become. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, he that spareth his rod... Hateth his son But he that loveth him Chasteneth him Betimes Turn to chapter 19 Chapter 19 Verse 18 Chasten thy son While there is hope And let not thy soul spare For his crying Folks If you haven't done anything By the time they become a teenager There's probably not a lot of hope you need to start very young in disciplining and chastening your child chapter 22 and verse 15 foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him every child is born with a sin nature and it doesn't take long for them to show that Because you don't have to teach a child how to throw a temper tantrum. That comes automatically out of their nature. You never have to teach a child to steal a toy from another child. That reveals the sin nature that is there. Uh, You you never have to teach a child uh, several of these things that, that are sinful and wrong. But you have to teach them to do right. That reveals the sin nature that's in them. God says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. I know some children have more of a passive personality and some a more aggressive personality. Some uh, kids, somebody said, are like grocery carts you 'll have a you 'll go into the uh, Walmart uh, rarely will you find this at Walmart but you 'll go into Walmart and, and you 'll find this grocery cart and you get behind it and you 're pushing it and it doesn 't squeak, and the wheels don 't wobble and and you, it just goes easy and and uh, you want to stop here about five feet in front of you you let it go and it just rolls smoothly and stops and then uh, get what you want put in, grab it, and go and it 's oh wow i didn 't know they made them like that you know some kids are almost like that they're still born sinners but some are a little more passive then you get that one where it seems like three out of the four wheels are going like this and the reason the fourth one isn't going like this is because it's stuck and it's just dragging along and they're squealing and and you have to fight to move it here and it always wants to go this way or always wants to go that way that's a lot of the kids too It says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child because of the sin nature. And do you know how to correct them? It says the rod will correct it and do so while there is hope. Turn to Proverbs 29, Proverbs 29, verse 15 through 17. The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. When the wicked are multiplied, transgressions increaseth. But the righteous shall see their fall. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. The Bible's not encouraging us to abusively beat on kids. That's sin, that's wrong. But it is encouraging us to do disciplined correction and corporal correction. It will mold their lives. That's what we're supposed to do. We need to provide the correction that God planned. It is interesting, again, one of the top ten things children had said they wanted was true discipline from their parents. Because then they knew their parents really cared about their lives. And then finally, every child needs a godly example. In Second Timothy, or 1 Timothy rather, in chapter 4. This is an instruction that is given to Timothy as a young pastor. But it has to do with leadership and being a father is a position of leadership. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. That's quite a list there. I think one of the worst things that a dad can ever tell his child or a leader can ever tell a follower is, Do as I say, not as I do. I vowed I would never tell my children that. That if I gave them instructions and they said, Dad, you didn't, then I would say, I'm sorry, I will do it right next time. And I would make no excuses. You see, kids need a godly example to follow. Impurity. You need to show your kids. You need to teach them, but you need to show them what it means to be pure. You need to show them and teach them what it means to have faith. You need to show them and teach them what it means to have compassion. Show your kids what it's like. They need a godly example. It's embarrassing for me to tell you this. Because I thought the reason my wife started going dating with me is she was overwhelmingly impressed with me. That may not be as big a case as I had originally thought. She grew up in a very abusive home. Her father was an abusive man to her mother. And anytime she visited and was around our family, she noticed how kind my dad was to my mother. And even when there was disagreements, how kind my dad was to my mother. Now, she didn't tell me this until after we were married. But she said, one of the reasons I went ahead and dated you and one of the reasons I decided I could marry you is because of how kind your dad was to your mother. I guess she was hoping it would stick. And I guess you can ask her after church how well it stuck. Amen. <laughs> but do you know what? Abusers are many times children of abusers I didn't know men were like that to their wives I think I was only about this tall I had a sister that was a little older than me and made me mad one time and I struck her a good one and my mom caught that and she grabbed me and paddled me and she said don't you ever hit a woman don't you ever hit a girl and I never did after that you see dads your kids need a good and a godly example they not only need to be taught what's right but they need to see what's right you hear that, that old story I'd rather see a sermon than hear one quite frankly you'd need them both it's not a one or the other option you need both you got to give the instruction and you got to be an example of it you need to be both in your life and this is what every child needs every child needs a dad that's saved and knows how to walk righteously with God, every child needs instruction from God's word every child needs biblical instruction and every child needs a godly example from their father and I'll cap it off with this Every child needs a dad that finishes well. A lot of times I've seen parents make some right choices while the kids are home. But once the kids are gone, they start making bad choices. Hey, the reason we do that when the kids are home is because it's right. And it doesn't change when the kids leave the house. Right is right, regardless whether your kids are 8 years old or whether your kids are are, are 75 years old and and you've lived to old age. Finish well. Finish well in your faith and in your walk with God. This is what every child needs. And I'm here to encourage every father, grandfather, great-grandfather and every boy that may someday become a father understand this is what is needed father we come to you this morning and again i pray that you would work in every heart here today if there is anyone and especially a father that is without Christ as their Savior, that today that the Spirit of God could break through the hardness and bring tenderness and bring them to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And then, Father, I pray that you would build in the life of everyone here today spiritual truths that stick. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening to the Foothills Baptist Gospel Hour. For more information about Foothills Baptist Church of Loveland, Colorado, you may visit our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com. If you wish to donate to this radio ministry, please make your check payable to Foothills Baptist Church and mail to P.O. Box 771, Loveland, Colorado, 80539. Or you may go to our website at foothillsbaptistchurch.com and click on the Give tab. We would love to have you visit our regular Sunday services with morning worship at 930, Sunday school at 1050, and Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. And until we meet again, be sure you are...
2: I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Shining as the sun Good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your my pillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, my pillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear, dog
1: Whoa, whoa, Charles, everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right, now's the time to go to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code KHNC to take advantage of our three in one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one
0: absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our
1: biggest closeout
0: special, you get our all-season slippers
1: for only $35. Or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Use your promo code KHNC. <laughs> After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger, while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquint, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800 951 Hi, this is Sam Cheshire from Build Design America, letting you know that right now we are offering 36 months interest-free financing on all of your kitchen and bath or flooring needs. Come see us at 665 Furniture Road in Longmont, Colorado, or give us a call at 303-772-1202. Once again, that's 303-772-1202. Look forward to seeing you soon. not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, it is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat. This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, The New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert-Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news get real solutions for healthy living, and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. The views and opinions expressed on
2: 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily